welcome to this week's episode of How We Are the Toddcast. I am Ross from RGX Media, and I'm sitting here with my good friend Michael Briggs of Michael Briggs Photos. How are you doing this evening, Michael? I'm very, very well. For the first time, we're going to go to the food chat straight away. I've had tea before I've come on, which is a first. <laughs> so I'm happy and I'm nourished and I'm ready to rock and roll. How are you doing, buddy? Sounds good, man. Nice bit of fuel in you to kickstart this uh, Two rights. next episode. Um, I actually got in from work and I just crashed, fell asleep. I don't know if it's because I was getting older, like I, I could deal with like a nap every day. So, so as soon as I, got, I fell asleep, as soon as I, I got in, I thought, just like woke up like Joel up thinking, oh, I haven't slept in a mist this hour. <laughs> so, um, but no, I'm, I'm fine. I've had a cup of tea and I kind of bring us round and that. So um, yeah, we'll get... Uh, straight into it so this week's episode we're going to cover the topic mistakes now i know with um photography videography side of things in a perfect world it would always go the way you want it to be but the reality is there's always something that's going to go wrong from something as small as i don't know forgetting a bit of kit to the extreme where you may you know not back up something and you've lost all the footage or just weather conditions, you name it. So there's bound to be a lot of things we can uh, discuss today. But before we go into um, the main topic at hand, um, I thought we'd have a chat about the upcoming pre-season. Um, thoughts on that, Michael, from your side of things? I mean, it starts this weekend. Um, there's two games on. Southern play South Shields, the first encounter. And then later that day, they're away to Gateshead. What were your thoughts be across the whole pre-season? Are you looking forward to seeing the new players or are you going to be going to the games on the weekend? Um, it's just nice to have football back, isn't it? Like, not just Sunderland, but just in general. Like, I know it doesn't feel, it definitely doesn't feel like it's been a month or two that's passed. It's actually quite, it's flown quite quickly, if you ask me. Um, so well, that's because we've had, like, I don't know, the cricket and the golf in between for me just to keep things ticking over. Not that I'm a cricket fan, by the way. Um... But it's just nice to see like the lads coming into pre-season and the the videos coming through and the photos coming through of the gaffer there, which is always a big positive. And then we're seeing these players come in and getting in amongst the squad. And I'm just looking forward to it. Like I, I won't be there for either of the games, unfortunately, because I I think I'm going to try and focus on more with for their preseason. I mean, it obviously it's it's tough trying to get preseason stuff because it clashes with work, you know. So. Um, I'm hoping to, to try and like liaise with the with the gaffer for my son and player, Greg Lynch. Um, who if I can just pop in over a weekend and just get like a just a boatload of stuff just to dump on the socials and and the TikTok stuff. Um, I'm just excited for it. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I think with you going back and seeing, I think we've been spoiled over the past couple of years with like the World Cup and the Euros being kind of like back to back, really. So the summer just kind of just keeps on going, but. This year, obviously, the downtime, it's kind of like, like, what do you watch? So you're right, you say, there's, obviously, there's cricket on, there's Wimbledon's just starting, but obviously, I'm not a tennis fan by any means. So the idea of the football coming back at just at the right time, you know, it's um, it's exciting. Just looking forward to seeing um, a few of the new lads in action, as well as a few of the youth team uh, players coming through as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking forward to it, I'll be there. Both games on Sunday, uh, both games on Saturday. Sorry, um, I'm not covering themselves at all. I'm going. I'm just having a deal with the lads. We've planned this quite a, uh, a while back when they first got announced. Which just says right, full day on the lash. 
<laughs> so it's going to be like early um, early enough um, and then watch the first game and I think the plan is to just basically jump straight on the metro behind it I think is it the B's uh, metro station or something right yeah 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 yeah. Not, I'm not familiar with that side of the metro line by any means but uh, <laughs> yeah, jump on, jump on the metro head straight to um, Gateshead Stadium watch the second game and I think um, providing everything it's just I mean whether everything's looking good. So if it's just ends up being a good day, we we'll get you know two canny results out of it. That's only pre-season. It doesn't really mean much at this stage. But if we get two good enough results, it just sets the tone for the day. Then it'll be the case of continue throughout the night. Um, for Dian night session on the drink, you know. So looking really, really looking forward, you know. But you know, we always say that every season, don't we? Ah, pre-season doesn't matter, and then we will lose two, and everyone's panicking. <laughs> uh, I think it was, I think it was um, wasn't like Hartlepool or something a few years ago when we got like I don't know if we got beat or something like we were just full blown meltdowns. Yeah, <laughs> Good. prepared and everything. But yeah, it, I think most importantly, you say for this time of the year, just more for the players to get the sharpness and get the fitness back. And you know, if if you can win against these teams, it should come ideally naturally. I suppose that's not me saying to give it right, but you'd like to think for the fans side that you've been waiting for a few months to. Seeing you like something fresh and all that, like, you want to have a good day out and hopefully get like um, a win or a couple of wins in the day if you play in the two games. So, yeah, it should be a um, canny, canny little day out. Yeah, I definitely think for your part, you, you've you've definitely got the better end of the stick of like going out and just enjoying the football with the lads and just enjoying a good couple of weekends of football. I think you've won it there, mind to be fair. Yeah, I think it was because I, I had been like the odd message was popping up across social saying, oh, you're going into it, you're covering, like doing the game. It would have been nice to be able to obviously to go along and do it. And don't get us wrong, I'd, I'd love to. But I think when the, as soon as the, the word was getting around, like, like um, got my mates were saying, oh, should I, should I make a full day of it? It was just kind of like, right, if I'm going to make like make a time to do it, it's probably now pre season, just to, you know, not having to worry about getting from one ground to the other through traffic and everything, and then you're having to like, the chew on and getting set up gear and stuff. I mean, you could probably cover one game, I suppose, out of the two, but I think when they're, it's not often you get a chance to see someone play twice in one day, especially local. I know. So you might as well just uh, go out and just enjoy for what it is. It's unusual. You never really see that in football, do you? Especially, like, quite elite teams where they'll play two games in, in one day and respectful of the, of the opposition, you know, the Gateshead and, and, and South Shields are the non-league, technically. So it's just interesting. Like, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Obviously, there'll be two sets of squads. Um, I don't know how it's going to work myself, but it's 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 got me interested. Yeah, I think they'll just obviously split it between. Like, obviously, I'm not sure if most of the players are back off. Um, like whether they've had extended time off or the actual major full full team are all back yet. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I fully expect to be split between you know core first team and um a lot of the under 23s coming through as well, so give them a chance to get um a run out. Um, and see some like new talent where most people might not get a chance to see if they don't go to like the other twenty three games or the eighteen. So, um, the academy side have obviously announced a lot of their new recruits, new new scholars coming through. Yeah. a few of those extended their contracts. So, um, that side of things, um, most fans should get excited for because there's a lot of um good talent there. Hopefully, they'll come on to be nourished and do the biz for us for years to come. Hopefully, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, even the likes of, we all knew he was going to sign, but Chris Rigg putting pen to paper, we all know how exciting he's going to be, 
there's some other lads in there, goalkeepers and midfielders who even having I couldn't put names to them just yet. But when you you hear rumblings of this kid's quite good and this quid this kid's got potential and even the likes of like Chris Frigg who's turned down like big clubs, even our friends air quotes ten miles up the road or down the road, however you look at it. Um, it you know it's it's positive when you've got players who want to stick around for the next couple of years. Definitely, I think the like the academy set up, um, you know, to obviously get that um, category one status confirmed in gear. I think it's like it's such a good setup, and I think there's there's ever a time for a player to be thinking which club could I potentially go to to get better at the craft and learn. Obviously, you know, with all the things that comes with football, like we're giving so many more opportunities now to younger players. Where I think at one stage it was always like you know. Late, late 20s, early 30s, the side you're going to be at where you're not going to get a sniff, where at least now the players are going to get a full opportunity. If they come through, obviously, if they've got the um, skill, understanding the player, they'll, they'll get the opportunity, no problem. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's really exciting. Like, it, it, like being a Southern fan right now, just in general, apart from the, the club shop side and the outside of the off the pitch stuff, is really excited to be part of. Um, so you went there, haven't you? <laughs> um, yeah yeah I've gone there <laughs> is it not it, it, right it it just it just bothers me right and I'm not a person who religiously buys the tops every season right I stopped doing that when I was a kid but does it not just does it not just just worry you a little bit as a fan looking at things like the club shop's going to be closed and then the club shops closed for a longer period of time than it was prescribed, and then there's no kit launch days, and there's no news of any kit, and you're kind of thinking, well, by the time everything gets sorted, um, the season's going to be here, and no one's going to have kit apart from potentially the the home uh, friendly. Um, it, I don't know. I'd, I'd, people are quite, you know, and, and and rightly so. People are like saying, don't panic. These things happen for a reason, but at the same time. You think, well, how could you get so much right on the pitch, but not off the pitch? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to think how I can like word this without. You can just say no comment. <laughs> no, no. Oh, there's been a mass, like there's been a massive kickoff today. I think it was a kickoff when it was announced. Was it last week or something? And it's kind of like I I read some of the comments, and some of it's quite like biting the knuckle type stuff where I think oh, God can't be saying that type of stuff. But then there's some of it you think, well I suppose that you know it can be justified. I mean, there was one comment I sort of seen where like I think it was people were saying like you know, Father's Day was coming up a few weeks ago. If there was ever a time to like capitalise on a period where you're gonna get, you know, like dads, brothers or anything like that, like you just you know blokes in a family to say right I'm going to buy you a shirt or you know something like you would have made a killing off that it just always seems to be like we always release the kits and everything like really late on mm -hmm. where even more so for bands really because you know like, I'm, I'm with you mate. I haven't bought like a, a home shirt or a wear shirt in years where really. I'm more for the retro stuff me like you know, yeah very like the whole um Humble the whole shirts and, yeah Shirts of years gone by, and more like that's more my thing. Where now I'm not really, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be grudge anyone buying a kid friend by any means, but the, the more recent shirts just don't have the, the appeal for me. So, but for you know, your son, he's very like, oh, 
the, the, I've seen the away shirt or when's the home shirt coming out. So from a kid's point of view, you know, you, we're all kids at one point, you'll probably want to get out and you want to be seen wearing the latest shirt with the name on the back and badges and this, that and the other. It's like, as the weeks pass, you're seeing more other teams releasing their kits and we're like, maybe you're kind of like falling behind. Yeah. Um, and as, as a kid, that's like, you know, it's massive. You want to be like, especially if you're, it's a club you support. You don't want to be seeing kids these days wearing different shirts in the area. It's like, you know, it's it's a tough one. Um, yeah. I don't know if this thing they've just signed for the next few years is going to improve or not, which remains to be seen. But mm. um, I, they don't probably don't need it for me to to say anything. I suppose no. I'll just uh, not. I'll just stay silent on my my thoughts. And obviously, I suppose. There's a lot more other people who have really voiced their yeah. concerns today um, and over the past week or so about it. So it's um, it doesn't appear to be um, good from where I've been reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll move we'll move swiftly on, shall we? <laughs> so um, I so basically this um, this topic of um, what we're going to be discussing um, regarding mistakes. Um, so we'll get we'll jump straight right into it. So. From your situation um, and things, Michael, um, the biggest mistake you've made to date, has it been something major or has it been just more down to uh, like, like daft little things like carelessness, like not like forgetting something or has it something that's really sent you like over the edge where you've questioned why you do this in the first place? There has been a couple of occasions where I've really wanted to throw myself in the river and just and just or just go go home and hide myself away for the next six months like there's two that stick out like a sore thumb and i'll go with the second to worst one and that one is when i was filming the alternative view um oh god i was filming the alternative view for morpeth and i filmed the the, the, the general crack you know the outside get the atmosphere of what's going on the fans all that players warming up and it was a night game and there was a remembrance for something. I can't quite remember why. So I got lots of like nice little atmospheric shots of like a close-up of hands clapping and um, people just, you know, just make paying the respects and stuff. And then I walked out with the players and I crouched down and I looked down and, it, and, it, and my screen said um, format complete. So, <laughs> so I lost all that footage from that and i think i miss no i got the entire game but not the build-up and uh i don't know why but my camera seems to float on format card options when i open it irregardless if i move it away from that option mm. and the second one this is the biggest one i've ever made and it's it haunts me to every other day excuse me it haunts us, and it's when I was filming my very first running documentary about the Great North Run, and I, I got to know Colin, who did the who does the big pink dress. So if you, you may have may not have seen him around Sunland doing the Sunland Half and Ten K, promotes that quite a lot. Um, he did the Great North Run. He started the Great North Run when I started it in twenty fourteen. So we had a few things in common in terms of why we run and stuff like that. And he was he, he is the nicest man in the world. And um, <laughs> he said, I, I need to get some B-roll. So I was like, are you doing any events soon? He's like, yeah, I'm doing the Great North 10K. And I was like, great, I'll bring everything down with us. Um, and we'll just get some B-roll of you just, you know, engaging with the fans and, 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 and with the crowd and stuff like that. And then um, <laughs> Brendan 
Foster shows up and uh, Colin goes, Art and I show up and I've realised I haven't got my memory cards. Not one. <laughs> Not one memory card, right? So I'm panicking. I'm sweating at this point, thinking, well, no, I've got my action camera. It's fine. I can use that. I can get away with that. It's just Colin. I can get some B-roll. I can be quite creative with it. It won't make any difference whatsoever. Then Brendan shows up. Brendan shows up, and I can see Colin walking towards him and pointing at me as if to say, that's my friend Michael over there. Is it okay if he can do an interview with you? So he waves us over, and my arse is twitching at this point. I mean, I mean, honestly, it's like... Like, just, like, little, little noises coming out. I don't... I, I'm sweating every orifice possible. I'm... I, I, I literally... Because not only am I meeting... The, people are very marmite with Brendan, and I, I like what he's done, and what he's done for the Northeast, and what he's done for the Great North Running. You can say this, that, the other about it's a money-grabbing thing. It's all about money. It's charity, end of the day. Um, and it's also great... And a great accomplishment for running a half marathon. Anyways, I'm face-to-face with Brendan, right? <laughs> Conan goes... I've got him for 10 minutes if you want to interview him. And I'm like, with my little action camera, slowly lifting my hand up going, I've only got my action camera, Brendan, sorry. And I could just see his face going, waste of time. And I could just see, his, <laughs> that's the vision I got off him. And I've never been so embarrassed in my entire life. Like, like the, the documentary came out fine. But every time I hear about it, I'm thinking, oh, what if? What if I had the camera with us? I could have got an interview with Brent, like the man who created the Great North Run. And there I am with no memory cards. So I made sure every time I've gone out, I always take like a hard case of memory cards. And it doesn't matter if they're big, small, crap, class. I've always got them just in case. And they have saved, they have saved me arse on one or two occasions where I've run out of space. But uh, that mistake is one I will never, ever make again. Never. How about you? Yeah, so it's funny <laughs> how you say memory cards. Um, I'm not as... Um... <laughs> There's extreme because by the sounds of it, you're, you you sounds as if you woke up with having like cold sweats or something like it's like it's come back to haunt you every time, <laughs> every time. Um, yeah, but I've had a situation similar, but probably more. It was more of a relaxed thing compared to like, you know, you're seeing someone who's like you know of high status, especially with regards to Great North Run. I don't know if it was like was it about two years ago? I think it was, or could be three. But anyway, it was. Um, Bonfire night was coming, so uh, me and the missus decided to head down to uh, South Shields, where the fair was. Uh, you have the display on all the time down there, so you'd have the build up around the, um, the the park and the amusements and the like. So anyway, I managed to find my spot right next to where the dunes were. I thought, great, all set up here. Um, the crowd's obviously building up, but you're just kind of counting down to when it all gets on, so you're kind of testing your settings and everything, kind of make, making sure everything's ready. Um, but at this point, I've got everything in place, but I haven't turned the camera on. So I'm just thinking, oh, like, I'll, I'll wait for the first firework to get up. I'll just, like, adjust settings accordingly to there. Because, again, I've never done the firework display before, so I thought just something different to do. Wax the camera on. No memory cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that just, I, I, it's that, like, piercing feeling to your chest. It's just like, surely not. And then I'm like, you're really trying to look at my camera bag in not total darkness, but near enough line on street lights and the light just like rummage through as if they fell down anywhere or if I left it like if they fell out of like a sleeve pocket or something. No. Um early in the day I obviously took them out and just left them on um the side of my desk. <laughs> uh and then while all this is happening, um 
my girlfriend's got her back to it. So she's kind of just basically like people watching at this point. And then a few minutes later, she turns around to see me start dismantling everything, putting it back in her bag. She's looking at us going, what are you doing? I thought you were getting set up for all the cameras. I'm just like, it's getting all set up for the fireworks, sorry. I'm just like, uh, no, I'm not feeling it. Like, I'd just rather just enjoy it for <laughs> what it is. It's like, I, I can't have you chill with the whole thing. There's too many people here. Like, just totally played it down. <laughs> I didn't want to tell her to see what's just happened. But, um, yeah, so I just basically stand there watching, you know, a great firework display, thinking, oh, what if? What yeah. could have been? Um so it's one of them things that you just laugh at because I think at some point every photographer is going to come across a situation where they're, you know, they could be just sitting at home and looking outside and think, God, that sunset looks amazing. Yeah. Grab me camera and you just storm out the door. You don't think, uh, look around, pack in the bag, you just grab it as if everything's there. And you'll get to a situation where you've either, you haven't got no memory cards at all. Even if you have been really like planned, it's always that the memory cards usually the most common thing to uh, forget. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a sickness, especially where it's, it never seems to happen when like, you just casually just think, oh, I'm trying to go out to a local park and just, you know, just see what happens. It's mm-hmm. always when something like, good could be happening. Yeah. Where it, uh, it, it goes, it goes uh, totally wrong. Yeah. And it, it's horrible. I mean, what about, have you like had any issues when you've like done any videography? Like, I mean, if if I'm flipping it, like I did my examples with videography, but for photography, I don't. No real mistakes have really come out in terms of, I've ballsed it up. Um, I haven't really lost a card or had a corrupt card or used you know the wrong settings. I deleted photos by accident. Um, I know that's quite easy to do. Um, this is where I tend to I tend to lock my memory card when I put it in the computer just so it's just a bit safe but in terms of videography, videography for you rather is have you come across any mistakes where you've kind of went oh shit I mean nothing major as such as of yet because uh, that's always the worry um, I, I'd say I, I could break it down to maybe three sort of points where there's an issue with where say if you're formatting like low light situations where you might have to boost your ISO um, and then sometimes the footage can be a bit grainy. Uh, I know there's programs out there you can use denoise for video footage to kind of pull that back. That's something I haven't really looked into yet. I only kind of use denoise stuff more for yeah. photos if need be. But um, there's been a, bit, a couple of footage where if I'm like recording at night or something and you're having to boost and you can see that it doesn't look the best, but whether the the person who you're doing the video for is bothered or not, that's well, that's that's all that matters really. Yeah. If they're happy with it, that's great. But I think you'd be more like critical of yourself and oh, I could have done without that. Absolutely. Um the other two things, uh, I remember quite I can't remember which uh, game it was, but I was covering a game for the the women's team, the Southern women's team at that one. Um record around pitch side and stuff and I think it was um way into the actual recording of the game, noticed that me uh, I must have knocked the um shutter speed different to what i was hoping for so <laughs> if i was shooting i'd say 24 fps obviously i want to shoot the speed to be one over 50. yeah um i think it was um something a lot higher than that i didn't notice until like <laughs> um the game was like halfway through i'm starting to panic thinking ahead going if i'm going to edit this in a certain format is it going to like going to work or not 
Um, I don't think it was anything more than 150, but I think it was just more of the, the fear going, <gasps> how long has this been on for? Yeah. Have clips of our press record. So there's that. Um, normally I'll put the lock screen on the camera to lock in the set so I, you know, me sausage fingers doesn't push any uh, push any different buttons to knock it off sync. But there's been there's like been uh, things like that really. So I mean, I don't know from your perspective, have you had anything similar, anything uh, worse? <laughs> oh no, nah, I think um, I think that Brendan um, Brendan mistake was is up there like. I don't think I, I don't like there was no way from recovering from that whatsoever unless I m magically like produced memory cards to help me ask. There was no way of saving that was, but I was more, I was more gutted than I was embarrassed. I mean the embarrassment lasted about twenty seconds in front of Brendan, but then after that I was more frustrated at myself for not being prepared. Um, yeah, I think I found like where if if you have been a like a situation like that, usually, I mean in case you come across someone who's a like really you know, over the top, but I think a lot of people can be like, oh, don't worry about it, it's fine, we're going to do it again, or, you know, you might not get that same opportunity, but I think, from my point of view, I've, the people I've been, like, involved with this, they've been quite chill about it, yeah. but I think you're right, because you're seeing, you probably beat yourself about thinking, like, I could have avoided that if I'd done, yeah. you know, X, Y, and Z, it's like, I think, because I, I think with that, we're passionate about this whole thing. You want everything to kind of go the way you want to be. So I think, you, you know, you can be overcritical on yourself, but I think it's more down to like, if that, only that didn't happen, I know. what could have been, you know? I mean, that was like, what, 2017? And I still bring it up or like every every year that we went on to run without question or not as much as I used to before, but like every now and then when someone's like, oh, I watched your videos and I think they're great. And I think, yeah, they're, well that almost didn't happen because of this and I would tell the story. And, um, I mean, it's one of those, I would imagine it's, it's kind of up, it's along the same lines as when an ex-pro footballer has one of those daft stories to tell it, the evening do's. Mm. Like they've got it scripted and everything. I think I've got the script for it spot on and the punchlines, it's right there. <laughs> but it's just, it is when you look back at it and just think, oh, if only I didn't forget me memory cards. And I can even remember Colin's face when I said it. He was like, are oh, you joking? As if to say, <laughs> Oh, you're taking the piss. Like, oh, I just, honestly, I just, I, I, I just, every now and then think, if I had that interview, that documentary could have been just, just a fraction better than what it came out. But at the end of the day, I'm happy how it turned out. And, like, every year I'll see it, like, get just get more and more and more views because of it. This, this is around the time of the year when, like, my old running content tends to spike as a great North Run season. Um, so I'm not, I, I, I don't lose sleep over it anymore. I mean, the first couple of weeks I was waking up having like hallucinations and shouting Brendan in my sleep and, um, like checking my memory cards, like profusely if I would go away and do something and yeah, but like, you know, following that, like, so we've both talked about how we've had like made our mistakes, you know, I've mentioned it about packing extra memory cards and what have you, but is the mistakes that you... Not not just the generic ones, like, you know, you make sure you've got extra batteries and etc. But are there any mistakes that you really tend to avoid doing that, you know, that might, people may not be aware of in terms of photography and videography? I think it's that old saying, uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Um, I always go off the basis of, like, if you know you're going to go out on a shoot or if you're going on, like, you know, an impromptu, what you might think, oh, well, it's looking good, I might going to go out. 
I'm going to go outside and do streets or whatever. It's like I always make sure that I've got my bag prepared the night before for a what-if kind of cover-all bases. Um, whether they're taking the two camera bodies just in case. I know you add more weight to your bag and stuff, but I tend to take two, like a smaller bag and a larger one, just in case if I'm, you know, if conditions are great, I'll probably have my bigger bag and downsize and just put one camera body and one camera lens and just, you know, I'm having a feel I'm lugging this whole tortoise shell on my back for around the city, you know. Um, it's just like anything, just to, just make sure you've kind of got everything prepared either the night before. Not so much the extreme where you're doing a wedding where you have to take everything. <laughs> but um, if you're doing more, you know, stuff for a street and you just need like one or two lenses, you want like a couple of, like a spare battery at least. It's just preparation, just make sure you're prepared and um, especially more so the memory cards, do it, check three times over if you have to, just to put peace of mind. Because I guarantee when you have that one bad experience, that will send you west and you will have to double check everything because it'll always stay along in the memory. I mean, obviously you've still haunted by what, 2017? <laughs> so, so, you know, it will stick with you for a long time. So just always um, double check that side of thing. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, there's making sure you've obviously got your bag packed. That's that's fundamental, if you ask me. And if it's like your first real attempt going out with the cameras, if you've got like one, if you've got like the generic battery that comes with the camera, definitely buy like, on Amazon, you can buy like packs. So depending on what camera you've got, obviously. But I've, I've, when I got um, the camera to wear alongside with Mort, with I immediately went to newer and bought like a pack of two with the charger. So I had three batteries floating. Um, buy memory cards. You can get them for next to nothing. But obviously be careful where you buy them from because don't buy them off eBay. That's one tip. That's a mistake you want to avoid because nine times out of ten, eBay memory cards might be corrupt and they might just ruin your session and therefore and then you go and do a nice shoot or your first paid gig and then it's gone because of the memory cards being dodgy. So I always tend to buy um, from reliable shops and certified shops and sometimes from the shops themselves, like physically get a physical copy of a memory card. Um, making sure you know what you're shooting, like have a shot list um, for me because I think when I first started going to uh, taking photos, I went there and just shot out, like just shot everything. Didn't have a, a, a guide, didn't know what I was really shooting. And, for, and how that could be a mistake is you could you could literally miss a, a, a shot that you, that you know, say a, a client, there's that word again, oh, Cla yeah, sorry mate, <laughs> that, um, a client was uh, wanting and you could have missed that, so there's a mistake right there. So for me, getting a shot list in order, so talking to the client to say like, look, is there anything specific you wanted? Like, is there a money shot photo you want so I don't miss it? So for weddings, like cutting the cake, first kiss, first dance, pronouncing man and wife, walking out the church with the confetti, um, that's that's things like mistakes to, to avoid as well. And just when you come to editing it, don't rush it. I think it's that old saying, like when your teacher used to tell you when you were doing your handwriting, don't rush your handwriting or you make mistakes. And then, you know, you'd spot spelling your, your, and your wrong, and they're, they're, and they're wrong. And um, you, you're making like, you know, math, questions all wrong we're not going to talk about math but like you know like if you're writing an equation out and you get it wrong because you went hell bent and gun hole for and you're making mistakes again for me like that for editing process like i always tell people i've worked for they are us i kept the c word out for you 
um, I always tell them, look, it's at least two weeks before you'll start seeing a sprinkling of photos. Um, but if you're desperate for some, um, give us a day or two just so I can get my head around downloading them, importing them, and making sure I get some the right ones to you so you've got a good flavour. But if you're rushing photos through for a client, that's a mistake waiting to happen because you could say in the panic you could you know delete a picture by accident and not even know um you could you know batch edit some photos and then they just look crap and then you send the client and they're like well what's this and i think little outside the box kind of mistakes like that could be avoided and in terms of videography it's things like you know make sure you've got the extra batteries because cameras these days just chew battery life like i i, I don't know what i mean if you've seen Ross's setup, I, I can't even imagine how many batteries it even... It must be like an extra bag of batteries, never mind the bag of kit for you. Uh, like, I, think, I think I've got like on, on the, the rig I put together, it's like I think there's... You've got the, I've got me two main camera batteries for the two bodies and I've got three spare. So overall there's five in total, but I'm only using one um, camera body anyway. But I bought the... Um, small rig it's actually sitting right here in front of me the small rig it's the 99 version battery um female battery so i've got that so when i whack that on um i could get pretty much a full match so i said when i was doing the women's games i would rely on this even more so and then worst case um have the spare batteries there just in case if it was to get too low i was panicking a bit but I've never got that stage. It's just nice to have them to hand if the worst was to happen. Um, but having that aside, it, it, it's good because I can take that anywhere and I can charge me drone on the back of it. It's kind of like a you know, it's a small power bank essentially. Um, but it's good to you know carry about as a spare for all. It's a bit tough, heavy, but it's a small weight if you need to be in, in, in your bag. But it kind of covers a lot of things if you are running lower on the same. If your laptop's running low, I can just put it's USB. C to USB C, so I just connect it straight up and get some extra juice out of it. So, but yeah, there's um batteries is a is a major thing, especially more video. They just seem to eat through them, no problem. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 just it's one of them things. I don't think as technology gets better, batteries will always drain really quick. Yeah, I definitely think so as well. Like I, I've I've had the uh what is it a D seven hundred I think it is. Hang on, I'll, I'll just grab it. Yeah, hang on. Probably cut this bit out, Ross, because you don't want to hear me jibbing on the road. Yeah, so I've had the the Canon D seven hundred since like twenty seventeen, and I used to just run with. I think it was just two batteries, and then I bought like the battery pack, so um, that made things a lot easier because I used to change one battery every like I think it was every game and a half. I think it was. And then I noticed that the consumption of batteries was really, really, really quick. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to have to buy like a, a, is it a, like a battery grip. So I invested in one of those. And I think I'm going to have to invest in the other one as well. Because um, that's starting to get to a point where I think I need to have like four, like six batteries in total for that one. I've got like two, four, six, eight, ten batteries. Hang on, that's a two, four, six, eight, eight, but ten batteries for my D7, for my 700D and three batteries for my other camera so yeah uh you could see i've, I've spent a bit and uh, not, not not much money i mean but buying batteries and kit like that it, it can be cost effective if you get the right ones and not just some cheap like two pound ones so 
I am. I definitely like to be prepared in terms of that because you just never know, do you? Yeah, annoyingly, it's it's things like you know, memory card is essential, but like things where if you want to buy, say, officially branded Canon ones, especially for like the R seven, it's like I'm sure the batteries are like a hundred pound each. And you start looking at like thinking for a freaking battery, you know, it's like then you need to get more. So if you start thinking I need to get three batteries, if you relied on say the official rather than buying third party, we'll buy three those three hundred quid down just on batteries alone. And you just start to question yourself, thinking, when will this end? Yeah. <laughs> when will this like this spending on just like because you know you'll probably have to get them, you'll you'll need them for, you know, if you especially doing like a longer project or whatever, or just to cover your ass. It's like it's things like you look at the price, you think, oh, I can't could be doing without this, but you know, it's needs much. You're going to have to, you know, bite the bullet and, and pay that sort of stuff. But if you can get, you know, third party equivalents, um, it's just a case of it's down to the risk, isn't it? Because, you know, they, they might not be as powerful or it could be a risk to the camera body itself. But I don't know, it's just, yeah, batteries are, they can be um, troublesome at times. Yeah, absolutely so. Just watch what you buy. Make that avoid that mistake of going too cheap. Because I think if it if it's uh, what's it saying? I'm trying to if it's too good. What am I trying to say here, Ross? The saying. Buy if you buy cheap, you buy twice or <laughs> one of those ones. But if it's if it's too good to if it looks. Oh God, I can't even remember the bloody saying. Oh God, this is this is this is atrocious. I think most people understand what you mean. <laughs> that, but you know when you have that massive brain fart and you, you, you just, you, you, it's there. <sighs> it's, if it's too good, if it's too cheap, it's too good to be true. I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's too, if it looks cheap enough, it's too good to be true. Alright, we'll uh, go on with that. We'll go on with that. So long, you know what I mean. Like if it, if it looks, if it looks cushy, if it looks legit and it's really cheap, chances are it's probably dodgy and it'll, you know, come back the bite in the backside and it's if it's too good to be true i always go for that if it's too cheap then it's too good to be true so for me yeah just buy it buy legit if you can um and if it is a third party just make sure that it's a decent third party like i always go for newer um when it comes to like camera stuff i mean the, the, just following on from that really i suppose it's the mistakes that make you laugh and cringe really i mean from your point of view have you like from where you are seeing now to when you look back not so much when you first started but where, do you look back and think i was using this as like a, a setup and i thought it was great at the time but really looking back now it's not as good <laughs> but at the time you were like oh i submit this i look i look the, look the proper boy here. like yeah now you look now you think oh fucking hell i should never have uh i shouldn't be seen in public like that <laughs> When I first got me chops around into videography, right? I thought you have to like you have to have like a oh, I kept seeing a, like a a shoulder rig, right? <laughs> Which one you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh god, so cringy. So I was looking at like, the newer um <laughs> shoulder rig right and it was like a three-in-one way you could have it on your shoulder you could have it as like a low angle like steady cam gimbal thing um and i forgot what the other one was are these the ones with the colored handles i <laughs> yeah I, I saw these on amazon you know you just think oh look on just look for stuff i can buy off amazon and uh yeah i know exactly which one <laughs> it is. even i cast me i was thinking 
do I need this? Will this make me look legit? And hey. I just, I think I continued to scroll. I didn't make that, uh, make that prop purchase. No, know? no, I, I took that hit for you. Don't worry, pal. So uh... <laughs> I got something similar, but I'll let you see your bit. Oh, first. like I, I got that. And I thought I was the dog's fucking bollocks when I showed up at Morpeth for preseason for the first year, right? And I couldn't have like a bigger tit if I tried. It was just so fiddly to use. Like you just couldn't, you couldn't use it. Like I, I just couldn't use it. Um, it looked like a scorpion at one point. Like if I remember rightly, like I used to put the like, the tail thing on the back of your shoulder. And I thought, oh, I'm, I am the dog's bollocks here. Like, I am Steven Spielberg of the sporting world. Come at me. And I sharp realised that I actually, you look like a bit of a tit. Um, just stick to using your hands or... I've even, I've even got like a... I've got a gimbal there, but honestly, I haven't used it. Um, and just because it's just... It's just it, using, if anyone's using a gimbal and they're trying to stabilise a camera, it's a piss take sometimes. So I I just avoid it. it. I really should get. You really should be using it for. For like things like more with games and and potentially um work, but I just I just it's just too fiddly. And the, the lenses that I've got weigh a ton. So you'll know, Ross, if you put a heavy lens, on a camera like that, it's so top heavy and it's impossible to balance. Yeah, one hundred percent. I should buy like a really like a. Higher, you know, the DJI RS3 has been out for quite a while now, which can take a much heavier payload. The RS2C that I've got, it's it can balance this 24 to 70 Sigma with the R7 body fine, but I think it's really at its limit. Not to the point where it's giving us um, like any grief, but I just know you, you can just say, yeah, it, it, it's if I start adding like a microphone on top of the actual body itself rather than like a side attachment, it's uh, it's just gonna not work it'll, it'll start vibrating like the death vibrate where it's like let me struggling so um i think it's supposed this depends on the situation if you find doing the running gun doing it handheld if it's working better for you at the time um then by all means go for it myself i'm not the best at handheld i can certainly do it to an extent but um when you're trying to crouch down and my knees i've got knees of like a, a 90 year old <laughs> so i could I'll, I'll shake worse than the bloody gimbal you know so um, the situation like that where the gimbal can come into its own rather than uh, having to rely on the dodgy knees like handheld stuff. Um, do you still have that shoulder rig or is that like, is that just gone the journey? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? When I, when I moved into my flat, I'm pretty sure I've seen it somewhere, but it, if it's anywhere, it's collecting dust. Um, so if you had that when Brendan was there, he was saying you thought, oh, this this lad knows the score. This lad, this lad knows, <laughs> this lad knows what he's doing. Like, get him on, hire him up for Great North Road, get in. I think, um, I think it was something similar. It wasn't so much the shoulder, but I bought like, I don't know if it was uh, the newer, like it was like a handheld, like really good. I, I think I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's black and orange. It'll go with my camera, but I was that type of aesthetic look. I thought, great, I'll buy that. End up turning up, it was like, it was like like a pink rosy colour and black I thought oh what are you gonna do I just send it back but I thought and I was excited to get like a camera rig set up and stuff and it was like a, you screw the camera body in and you, it's got like two handles either side of it where you it's like I don't know I'll have to send you the link just because you'll you, when you'll see you'll be thinking you'll know you'll, you've seen it many a time on Amazon but at the time when you think you're just starting off you think oh this you know I can build a rig on this I can put a monitor on and everything else and I'll look the biz 
But then, like, when you take a step back and you're getting into this and you start thinking, you know what, this looks absolutely shite. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm sure it's in, like, in the depths of the wardrobe somewhere. Like, I, I don't think I've parted with it yet. I thought when I was getting rid of some gear, I thought, do I just, you know, cut my losses on this and just hire her? But I thought, like, there might be one day where, <laughs> where the gimbal might die on us or something. I might just have to, like, pull it out just to get uh, to get some use out of it. But, yeah, there's, like, little purchases over the years where I just look back and think, it's gone beyond that one month at Amazon when you can't return it. So Aye. you kind of just stuck with it and you have to, like, be remembered of, like, why did you buy this? Yeah, absolutely. You bought something later. You just no. waste your money. No, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, I definitely think some of the stuff I've bought in the past, like, I'd, I'll open a drone and go, oh, fuck, that's still here. <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> I think I found my very, very, very first action camera that I used, and it was a, it was when um I was going through the my phase of when I was trying to make, like, I hate this word so much, vlogs. Oh, God, I hate that word so much. Vlogs. Blech. And I was, I bought myself a cheap ass action camera, um, a, like a really cheap hand thing for the for the camera, and I used to thought I was fucking amazing me with this. Like I used to be like, oh, I'm I'm the next best bloody running vlogger here. Look, oh, there's got this kit here, and I look back and I look back and thought, you know what, the kit got you so far, but Jesus, like compared to the, I've got an Osmo, DJI Osmo right. now, so it's like four K. You can you can uh, shoot in either auto mode or you've got it in like I think it's a D log you can film it in. Yeah. Um. You can turn it vertical and it does vertical content for you automatically. So like, I'll <laughs> I was looking back at some of the stuff I was making with that action camera and I was like, you know what, it's okay, but Jesus, like the 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 difference in quality, like you know, I use it to make me golf videos now, so. It's quite important that I have that bit of clarity and definition so people can one see me ball, and two make out my face so it doesn't look like it's been filmed through a toaster. So I can definitely see that that bit of kit makes us like go. Oh, I'm happy with it, but also cringy because it also reminds us of how sometimes cringy some of the the videos I used to make were, and then, you know, fun memories I suppose. <laughs> I suppose all this type of stuff, you know, like again, like I look back at some of the things I've purchased, where it's like you know, like filters for the camera, or uh, you know, something just you think, oh, at the time, oh, this would be good. I want to try, get creative, and do something else, like you know, whether it's like light painting or whatever, you know, like at the time you think, oh, this is great, but I suppose like, as you evolve, you you can look back and think, oh, I was that person at one point. You know, everyone else is going to be going for that same journey where, you know, if it was such great, like you, you buy a camera, then all of a sudden you're a professional, full on expert, you know everything. Yeah. Doesn't matter what profession you're being, it, like, it would get bored really quickly. I was thinking, oh, I want to do something else now, but I've completed this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you can't look back with, like, you know, for like, whether it's been like, look back on the mistakes and stuff, it's like, I don't know where I heard this, but you know, I suppose it, it kind of coincides. It says you, you either win or you learn. You mm -hmm. never lose in a way. So it's kind of you may like you know the whole situation with yourself with the whole branding thing. Yeah, it may still haunt you, but you'll you've learned from that possibly like ensure that maybe that situation maybe like you can learn from that not to let it happen again. The same with like when you're buying any camera gear or whatever, you know, you you go you may hurt at the time where something goes really wrong but then you'll always be like right i know i can 
I'm not going to let that happen again. I'll, I'll at least have some things in place to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Um, whether it's gear or a particular project or whatever, you'll, you'll always, you know, it'll, it'll suck at the time, but you'll, you'll bounce back from it, no problem. Oh, God, I always I always say, like, you, you make mistakes to learn from them, really. It's that saying, you learn from your mistakes, it's true. You make mistakes, like, making these blips and these little trip hazards that you have and you come you come off a, a better person um you because without making those mistakes how do you know you you're doing the right thing if you ask me so for me i always remind myself if i have a a stinker or you know when i the brendan thing or when i when i deleted half the footage from from like a really poignant moment um of of a mortworth game when i deleted half of that you know it's it's why do you fall so you can learn to pick yourself back up um so that, that that kind of motto sticks with me with in all forms of life if i have a shit day with mental health if i have a shit run session or you know i play a really shit round of golf like i'll i'll have a i'll, I'll put my lip out and and have a huff but i'll you know i'll calm myself down and i think i think it's an age thing i don't know about you but when you get older you tend to let things go a bit quicker yeah, I think the younger youth in me would probably be more agitated by a lot, and I would it would just eat away at us for quite a while. Where more so now, I think like if if something doesn't go right, it's just like all right, just it's it's, it's happened. You've got to let it go. It's not worth like getting chewed up about it. I know some it's easy sometimes saying this, but there could be some extremes where like it will kind of sit with you for days on end. Um. But are you right? I think as the older you get, you're probably more like, look, it's happened. What can I do better from it next time? How do I learn? And what things can I have in place to ensure that doesn't happen again? Because, you know, the last thing you want to do is keep making the same mistake over and over again. To yeah. the point where if people are putting the trust in you, you're, just, you're constantly just balling up all the yeah. time. Like, you know, your reputation is going to go down further. And you, it's just, ideally, you want to try and nip things in the bud and then just look out and think hopefully as time will pass on you can always look back and go god i can't believe that happened but at least it's not happened or hasn't happened since then because i've made sure um about things in place for it yeah i think yeah it, it's it's one of those things where you just gotta like let go really quickly if you can and just just kind of like embrace it a little bit and then just try and let it go because if you if you if you chew yourself up over it and you make the mistakes over and over and over and over again and you you, develop, you don't want to develop a reputation because that's where you were saying like you know your, your reputation could go out the window if you're known as that person who does the same mistake over and over and over again like it could be something like grammatically um you get names wrong or you you haven't edited in this format or you don't do it in you, 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 your clients will ask for a 1080p and you deliver it in 720 or you said you'll you'll get drone shots and you just don't have a memory card or you're not charged the batteries up you know you don't want to be that guy who's like oh he's got the drone but he keeps forgetting about it so yeah i think it's 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 these little things and hopefully with this this episode people can like listen to it and think ah oh, yeah and normalize it a little bit because i think with with mistakes there's always a bit of a like a negative vibe if, if you make a mistake that's it we're not really we've talked about how if you make a mistake you learn from it and without making these mistakes like for me in the past like with jobs i've made some horrific mistakes but i've come off a better person so for an example 
I do social media as my full-time job and my one of my jobs are <laughs> we had an accountant under the social media and this was my very first social media single gig and we had an accountant come in and I kept spelling chartered wrong so I kept I kept putting as chartered as in like top 10 chartered rather than like it's a, it's a specific accountancy term of saying chartered and I kept getting it wrong I kept getting it wrong um and it was naive of me then to look back thinking, well, why didn't you do something about it? But I genuinely thought I was right until until the guy was like, had a positive meeting and went, oh, by the way, you need to stop spelling chartered wrong. It's doing me head in. And you know when the world wants to swallow you up? Because <laughs> I'm sitting it's in a room. Point where I suppose you, you look at the word and you keep looking at it and you think, does that even look right? I know. It looks right, doesn't it? I know. You start putting I, all that doubt in yourself. I know. You start spelling again. and oh, so, yeah, Especially, yeah, spelling's like a... Um, like I don't know if you meant, I, I don't know if most people have noticed, but they probably notice more so now. With you mentioning that, when I did um, <laughs> I can laugh right now because I was just at the time doing them like the, the posters for like the, the just the match day stuff. Just Aye. Kind of laughing, yeah, we'll go cool. with that. Um, the the Watford game. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Scroll down on the Instagram account because if anyone hasn't come across it, because I didn't notice until like way after I posted, and it was already that point where it got you know a good traction. Um, and when I looked at it, I went, oh, fuck's sake. Um, I put the wrong month. I was a month, uh, <laughs> month ahead. I think I put, like, I don't, I don't know if I put, I think at the time we were in April, I think I put May or something <laughs> like that. The, the month's completely wrong. So obviously I put it across all socials, get excited to post it out and stuff. And um, I remember seeing, I think only one person brought it up and says, uh, you do know that says May, don't you? And by that point, it was already like hours had passed, but I had all like you know the, the traction had come with it. I thought, oh spite, I'm not deleting this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like yeah, go back to what you say like spelling, especially if you're doing like anything like on social media, like that one spelling could just like you know knock it right out of sync. Oh god, so, and everyone's a keyboard uh, warrior, as you've known. Oh yeah. Uh, like as soon as you make a sort of thing, it's like. Ah, look, he's spelled that wrong. Look at me, shit. I know. It's just like finger pointing, like schoolboy. Yeah. Yeah, like cancel him. He's no good. You should quit his job and everything. It's like everyone makes mistakes. You know, it's you know the little. I know one little mistake could you know knock the whole thing, but it takes a couple of seconds just to quickly rectify if you if you need to buy your laptop, whatever. But yeah, just not everyone's gonna be perfect. But as I say, I think the, the purpose of this particular episode is that if you can prevent any major um, mistakes then uh, just always check your gear before you're going out and the like um you know i think we said like other things main shit like main stuff is, like your memory cards batteries just anything you can prevent making your day go worse um it's worth like triple checking if needs be before you head out and shoot even if you're just doing casual just going out and enjoying want to take photos um just always have like a backup just in case you get somewhere point of interest we've had to drive quite far um at least you've got a backup there so you know it's not going to be a major impact on the day yeah i agree 100 percent. so to finish off um this week's episode we'll put the word out um again across socials we've got a couple of questions in um to, to run up this episode so I'll let you answer this one, um, and I'll say my bit afterwards. The first question um, was from an account called Sunday AFC Football Cards. They want to know 
should we move the away fans back down to the low ball? Yes or no? Or you want to elaborate on that? God. Uh... Tough one because I grew up with the away fans in the ball. Uh, and I enjoyed it. Because it means the crazy corner was electric. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll say yes. I think logistically it can't happen anymore. Um, but yes, because I'm not, and I'm, I'm gonna sound like a right negative Nelly, but I'm not a fan of the stand that where the away fans were or is anymore. Like I'm not a fan of that area. Um, I know that's where most of the noise gets generated, but I've also that's no, I've noticed that could be completely wrong. But it's when you see things and where most of trouble is, is, has in the past kicked off if it has kicked off um and i know it's more of a standing area now even though it's like a it's like an unofficial area of standing um and i know that we've had for me you know we've had things in the past where we've had away fans lob stuff and it's you know unfortunately it's it's struck someone and it's dangerous and i think if you move them back down to the ball yes you kind of break up the the the, the circular foundation of of Sunderland fans being able to chat from all four corners, but yet would you not be able to like lower the, the the risk of being peppered by coins and flares and shit like that? I don't know what you think about it. I mean, I know when I was doing some of the games last season, there was some instances where it would be in the second half where I'd normally start off the south stand the first half and I'd move to the north because most of the time that would be the way they would kick off anyway. And there were some instances where the away fans had been flinging flares or some things were getting flown down, hitting our fans, and it was just causing not so much riots, but there was a lot of people who were like fuming, where whether it was kids getting hit by stuff or uh, the older generation getting hit, there was just a lot of anger and the amount of like people kicking off after the games and the statements the club were putting out saying it's been you know, looked into or it's going to be addressed. And the continued happiness just that for me I, i'm like the same as you I, when i first started going to the stadium i was always you know the, the fans were always in the south stand and you know i had a couple of seasons in the southwest corner so that atmosphere there was always like you see electric was always like it doesn't matter which team it was even more so when like said the borough or newcastle were playing the atmosphere was obviously gone up even more but um it was always good to have like the fans the away fans close by because you always can stick back and forth to each other yeah um but i know from like the visual point where you you know we'd be playing and you look behind the, the goal and it'd be like if some fans didn't bring nowhere near as much uh for an away game like it would just look like just crap like to me yeah. wise just see this massive gap of like nothingness so um, for me, I, I would like to see the away fans back in the lower bowl. How they would do it, I don't know. But if, if I'm just kind of quickly thinking here, I, if it was going to be a place, I would say put them possibly the um, the northwest corner. That kind of area relocated so they're kind of not in terms of the hard camera on the TV, so they could be seen, but they can be in the lower bowl to the point where you know fans in the north stand might want to use the voice. More and yeah. generate a bit of atmosphere because you know the Roker End or South Stand, if you you know which one you want to call it. Obviously, that's we tends to be where the most atmosphere is. Um, it would be nice to see like the north and the east side of the grounds like pipe up a hell of a lot more to mm -hmm. make most of like the size of the stadium. But I'd I'd think if that that would be an area I would have 
like to think that they're going to be moved anywhere, kind of keep them off the hard cam of the TV so you're going to have all the Southern fans from all angles covered that way. But at the same time, you'd have them on the parts of the ground start like, you know, might get people to move and say they want to go sit next to the away fans and give them grief, you know. So that would be an option, but obviously that's just me saying, yeah, do it. You know, no issues, no no logistical problems whatsoever. But if there was a way to get around it, that's where I'll probably put them for me anyway. Yeah, I agree. It just, it just, yeah, I, I think for me, my most memorable games was when the, the, those, the fans were in the ball, like when <clears throat> there's two that's, I think there's two that I can, I never really forget. Or three, sorry, beg your pardon. Is when we played Stoke on the last home game, or maybe the last game of the season when we're going up as champions. Like when I think was it Ben Anik made his debut, and he was like, McCarthy, what I'm I, sure. yeah, yeah. Right like I was in the uh, Premier Congo, so that actually oh. that game it was like 2005. I can't remember, but I just remember the Stoke fans just being like. Had they had the Newcastle shirt with them, and they were just like absolutely winding us up. And it, and do you know what? Like afterwards, it was all like clap hands, like fair play, chaps. You know, well, well done. You know, you brought the noise. And then the two other ones were probably, um, one was a Newcastle game, and we drew one one, and we scored in the last minute from Asamojan. Like when they scored, it was just like ugh, like. But it was, but it was like Jesus Christ, that's loud. Um, like you know when you can hear a pin drop, like like it, when they scored. Was it like Amiobi scored? I think it was like a complete fluke Amiobi goal or something like that. And not that I sound salty or bitter or whatsoever, but like I just remember that that noise just erupting. And then where we where I had my season ticket, like you just you could hear a pin drop. It was that it was that quiet. And then the other game I remember from that is um is when Liverpool came and it wasn't the Darren Bent one I don't think I think it was when Luis Suarez first signed for Liverpool and just ripped us a new arsehole. because like they just they kept singing Luis Suarez Liverpool number nine or something like that um oh no I just can't get enough of Suarez man you know the yeah. do, 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 do. Uh, I'm not gonna sing it there's no one needs to hear that. But that just that that that's embedded in my brain just how noisy the Liverpool fans were. But then Louis Suarez just absolutely tearing us a new one. Um, I think it's like if you say that, I think it, you know. I suppose it depends on the fortunes of how we're playing because you know I don't mind as much as you the opposing fans being the little ball. But I think when we've had years gone by when we've been like at our worst and you've got like a, a team who just bring it a lot with them and they're there just to take the piss the whole day. It has like you know you, you're trying to win a game, but they can kind of take over in a way. You you're looking for a bit of like you know a bit of atmosphere from the home side to kind of you know g up the players for previous years gone by the ability might have been there. Like it's it's good the idea they took them right in the corner, so they can still shout and sing what they want, but the, the, it's just a risk of you know the they're just gonna throw stuff down whether they were gonna put like a like a net in or something or deterrent like to stop people like throwing stuff i mean they try to get take people's coins that off the game before the game and the like and you're always going to get someone smuggling something in they'll, they'll find a way regardless yeah um it's just that i suppose what do you do for the better really i mean i, I, I like the idea of them being tucked out of the way so like a middle ground i'd say just keep them away from like the hard camera so you know just they're there and they can be dealt with 
well, I suppose it depends on if you're going to do size allocation, if you're going to have like a, a bigger game, you're going to have to ask people to move, you know, a general section of being there since like the stadium opened to say, right, you're going to have to move now. And yeah. It's just another aggro for someone else to deal with, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I agree. It, it'd be nice to see it back, but I can't see it happening anytime soon. And um, just our last question of the day, um, it was come from Matty J. Sharp. He wants to know, um, who is your favourite footballer of all time? doesn't have to be a Sullen player either. Oh, God. Uh, I think when I first got into football, it had to be Paul Gascoigne, first and foremost. Paul Gascoigne. Gaza, Gaza, because I remember Euro 96. U96 was my very first England tournament that I can remember. I just remember that Scotland goal. Um, and the amount of times I tried to replicate it with a penny floater and just couldn't do it. So And I used to have the England shirt with his name on the back. He was my first real player I looked up to. And then it kind of, I had a weird, like we're talking weird sense of like who my favourite players were. Like not just through Sunderland, but just like growing up in terms of like in general, I think. Um, like one player that stuck out for me, I was just like, just worshipped him. It was uh, David Bellion. <laughs> when he, David... I wasn't expecting that all of all the players over the years. I would never expect you to say David Bellion. David Bellion, like Belly's gonna get you. And I just heard like everyone was like saying he's the next Thierry Henry, and this is the point where Thierry Henry was ripping it up in the Premier League. Um, but that's a Sunderland player that I looked at quite a lot, and Sean Thornton was another one. <laughs> this is such a random for fucking players. <laughs> Sean Thornton was another one. <laughs> so not like not like your Kevin Phillipses or um, your Tommy Sorrisons or, or your Alan Johnsons or you know your <laughs> your Alex Rays. <laughs> Just David Bellion. Sean Thornton. <laughs> just, oh, God. I even, right, you're going to laugh. I even had, I don't know why, and it's gonna, it, it's, I can just hear the people screaming down it. I had an England shirt with his number on the back, but my surname on the back. Don't ask why. I don't know. I so it I had, takes all sorts, mate, to be fair. Like. Honestly, like, just, <laughs> I, it still had the, it was the reversible England top, and I had Briggs, 15 on the back I think it was and that I think that was his number when he when he joins them <laughs> Jesus Christ but in terms of fair play of all time um, I definitely think for me there's three um, and it's Paul Gascoigne uh, Thierry Henry and um, this is where it gets tough because up until he joined Manchester United again Ronaldo CR7 and then I kind of, like, when he left Manchester United and went to abroad, um, I kind of just like saw like it's it's for the money. Like, I get it, it's fine. But I kind of lost he lost that gloss for me, and I kind of like favoured Messi a little bit after the World Cup because he's like kind of done it all now. Um, but if you were to, I put if you really push me in a corner and be like, who's better, Ronaldo or Messi? I'm just like both. I feel quite privileged that I I live in a generation where we've got to see these two go at it in their prime and it was like fucking hell they were good do you know what i mean how about you yeah i mean i think see like just looking back at the question like for football of all time i've never been like 
apart from like say someone playing on some always like pro something like here everything else like there's never been like a a player that's really like stood out um you know not, not david bellion or sean thornton type of stuff you know? but, yeah uh, um i think like obviously growing up i think if it's been more something i think the obvious probably one would be kevin phillips because i got to enjoy him like at his like you know the prime years of that period at the stadium where i'm just getting him to say like every time he was like getting the ball you just you just knew some like some sort of magic was going to happen um you know i, I probably like probably the, He's probably been the one where I've thought there's been nowhere, no one that's come close that I've seen in in, in Red Wild. Obviously, over the years, you know, you have different teams like and you still see players who can who score quite often. But Phillips was just like, you know, just number one for me. Um, obviously, watching Nile Quinn aside from like them days were just like unbelievable as a summer fan. Um, in terms of say, if I was going to pick someone who wasn't um, a Sunderland player. Again, you look at the England fall over the years. I had some like you know some unreal players. I think I'm probably going again way left field here, but I think if there's one player that really I had like a phase for a few years where I was just like obsessed playing uh, pro evo, pro evolution soccer. Um, I think I was like Adriano who played for oh, Milan. Yeah, I think uh, I went through a phase of like buying a few of the Milan shirts of like every season. Um, one holiday, I got a chance to go to the San Siro, so to be like. In the in the San Siro, obviously he's getting the tour guide seat and also AC Milan, but like being like thinking fucking out, he's like he's been here. I'm not saying I'm like fanboying over him by any means, but he was kind of a player aside to someone where um you know he was like unbelievable in the Pro Evo games, but in general, just not just him, but enjoying watching Inter Milan as like a separate team. Um so yeah, he was probably if there's one person I could see it would probably be him um when he was at his kind of peak around that time and obviously kind of you know whether his personal demons or whatever it was off the pitch got to him uh, he kind of like fell off that quite quickly from being like at a really high level to you know lost that um, like, stature really so he was one that was um, I gravitated to thinking oh, I'd be just like great to watch if I could like, find any clips online at a time to watch any Milan if they were playing the Champions League that is but yeah he was one Um I can't leave that. I think you go back to say like Ronaldo and Messi. If it's more modern, I was always more towards um, Ronaldo out of the two, purely because I think you, you, you know, you're watching more of the Premier League at the time, or if you're going to watch something aside that, it's more likely to be um, the Spanish league too. But I always preferred watching Real Madrid compared to Barcelona. Mm. No real reason why. I just I don't know. I just enjoyed watching that side of it, and but I think as time's gone on. I was never like, you know, see who's better at all. It's the, the both elite for what they do. But obviously, I think Messi has just shaded just obviously what he's done over the past year or so. Um, but yeah, I think it's just nice to be in a generation where you've had previous years gone by where you, your dad, your uncle, obviously, oh, you, you never got to see Maradona, you never got to see like uh, Cruyff and all that, or George Best, or, you know, all them type of players. I think it's, you know, Maradona for me was coming towards the end when I was watching USC 94 when he played and then I don't think he was at this, like, you know, his level compared he was in 86 or the like. So, um, yeah, I think this, that's been some unreal players. There's some players I do like to watch, but I wouldn't be fixing art. Like, they would be favourite ones of, like, all time for what some players. Yeah, I, I def- there's also a player I've missed out there, Zidane. I bought a French shirt just yeah. because of Zidane, just, like, because... 
just because of his hairstyle. I mean, I'm at that stage now, at the age where I've got he's pretty much his hairstyle at the minute. But like when I was a kid, like I try and do all these little tricks and like turns on the ball. You know what I mean? That's the thing when you're a kid, though. If you, like you go back to say Gascoigne '96, like that tournament itself, just as it, like you know, I think I was in year '96. I would have been in year six at school. So like, you say when you're a kid, you just like whichever player's done an amazing goal. It would have been like what Van Basten was in the early '90s. Like you try and replicate that type of goal or a bit of skill or something. Again, they'll always stick with you. Um, we'll be like kids today. This generation will be trying, you know, what whether Neymar's doing or Messi or even Ronaldo still. Hopefully not um, throwing themselves on the floor like Neymar. Oh, obviously, yeah, that's a different story. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, just, uh, it's like they say in every generation as a kid, you want to like replicate these players and you think, I'm going to get myself a pair of boots, I'm going to go and play, try and play the like, you know, five aside and try and replicate something. And you, it just never comes off because you just don't have the skill. Hi. You like to think of your brain, oh, you can do this. But uh, no, it's, it's, um, it's a good question. Um, it is a good question. I haven't gone on too long, but yeah, those are, that's my um, Sunderland and also um, player who didn't play for Sunderland, um, who I've enjoyed watching over the years. So not to have a belly on or Sean Thornton then? I think you're going to be like Alan Partridge. You're going to tell me you've got like a shrine somewhere, like like a spare room with like posters and one, one, one two walls dedicated for Sean Thornton and the two could have a belly on. How do you know? Have you got security footage in my flat? Like, no. <laughs> Honestly, I, I cannot even explain what the fascination was. I just wanted to see them both play. I, I was lucky to see them play, and then David left for my United and just did nothing. And then I have no idea what happened to Sean Thornton. Um, I think he like just disappeared off the face of the earth, and then just, I don't know, I think he had a hard time. And I think he's coming under, under the cosh soon, I think, if it's not already out at the time of recording this. Um... So if that comes out, I'm straight in there, absolutely straight in there. Yeah, it's interesting to see from that period of time with the club when he was here, because I think he was kind of like, you know, he burst onto the scene, and you know, I'm just got that brilliant goal off home against Chelsea. Unreal. And uh, like you just think, oh, like is he gonna be like the player that kind of carried us through that particular period? But it just never, you know, whether his reputation off the pitch. You know, got the better of them. I don't again. I don't know. I do. Yeah, do I? I'm sure they have um, some interesting stories to tell that particular episode. Which again, I'd like you. I'll be anything, any form of someone player that goes on that uh, podcast. It's, it's definitely worth listening because it's just good crap. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if if it does happen, I'll be I'll be interested in it. But yeah, mate, that's that wraps up uh, this week's episode. Um, hope we haven't again dragged on for too long. Um, but again, it's just nice to be able to talk about. You know, we will be chipping in all the more positive things uh, but again like we'll cover the subject of mistakes because they can happen but it's just you know like hopefully you can learn from them and then you know become a better photographer videographer or whatever depending on whatever work you're doing just you know you can get better at things if you just avoid <laughs> falls <laughs> up from time to time yeah hopefully tell it's been helpful and and you know don't be afraid to make mistakes if, if i'm gonna leave a part and thing it's just don't be afraid to make mistakes. They're gonna happen. Embrace it. Learn from. Move on. Yeah, that's a brilliant way to finish on me. But yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you um, next time on the next episode. See you later. See you later on. See you next week. <laughs>